<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. This is going to be top 10 rules and tips for predicting television. That's right, everybody. Welcome to the lesson. Hopefully, I am back again. Uh, this is the second attempt at starting this. The first time I came out here sounding like Johnny Five is alive. But hopefully, I am all right now. Welcome. And if you're watching this later, when I'm going through this silly list, it's a silly top 10 rules and tips to predicting TV. I want you guys in the live chat to throw out examples of this in TV. Or if you think I'm full of crap, tell me you're full of fucking crap. You made this up. This isn't a real thing, idiot. I'm all for taking all of that. And whether you're listening to the audio cast later or if you're watching this video later, jump in the comment section of this video. And if you're a podcast listener, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can join the live motherfucking chat to join us live and share your thoughts in the conversation. I've got see on the corner of my side butthole eye. We got Mike, we got Cardinal, we got Peter, we got Trisha, we've got Tim, we've got KC, we've got Broke, we've got so many good folks in the live chat, and Mike, yes, not on Sundays, it's called Blue Loss. But here we are. Joe was supposed to be joining me tonight, but he could not make it. He hurt his back climbing a mountain or running a marathon or dealing with uh, crows flying around him because of because of uh, a misinterpretation of an in interaction with Katie Crow. I don't know what exactly happened with Joe, but unfortunately for you guys, you need to deal with me alone. But if you want to get your voice in the conversation, if you've got some rules or tips to your television watching experience, maybe Mike Mike had some suggestions as he's going into the live chat. I've seen some other stuff. So many good stuff happening in the live chat right now, but. If you have some suggestions or comments away, you can jump in the phone call, jump in the phone call, jump on the phone, pick up the little telephone number and dial on in 781-990-8509. Leave a text message on that number or leave a voicemail for your thoughts on this or anything else. This is somewhat of a free form. We're going to go through this list and then I'm going to talk a little bit about something else that almost happened on the channel that broke and a couple other people know about that are members of the Discord group. But Joe said he hurt his back having to carry me. It's true. It's true, Joe. Joe is the true talent. I am just the loud mouthpiece that underhands balls to Joe. And that's part of what we're talking about here. Balls being underhandedly thrown. Sometimes television can be really an interesting thing that you can discover characters and you can get crazy deep into things. But sometimes there's certain rules or obvious ten tentpole, tentpole moments. Yeah, tentpole moments that just show clearly what's going to happen on the show. Usually it's a... It's a trait of bad shows, but it's also a trait of good shows. And that's what we're going to really be looking into this evening. Let me jump into the motherfucking chat. Felicia, good to see Felicia. Sean, Misty, Peter Griffin, good to see you. St <laughs> Phil, if the first three episodes don't hook you in, then stop watching because TV show is not for you. Oh, is that one? Okay, if the first three episodes are watching, don't keep watching a show. It's not going to be for you. I will definitely agree with that one. I think that's a good one that's not on the list, but that is a good honorary one. I think sometimes I even go watching the first episode, but that's difficult because pilots can be very different than the actual series when it comes down to it. And I guess some shows can be like that too where they develop and change over time, so they, they don't necessarily resemble themselves as time goes on. But you still need to get through those moments. My favorite show, let's get it out of the way, Deep Space Nine. It, it's 
slow moving in those first two seasons and it starts picking up in the third season then really in the fourth season but it doesn't change the fact that the first two seasons might be hard for someone to get through hey hey brendan davis great to see brendan in the live motherfucking chat brendan awesome people good friend good friend from the olden times <laughs> the olden times the, the good old days you know back in the swamp the good swamp the good old days brendan <laughs> The, uh, the, uh, the shattered image days. Tim says, there's been shows that didn't win me over till season two. Then I'm cool. I'll enjoy this now. I had that problem with Westworld. Uh, Felicia, Felicia, extremely hyper on coffee tonight. Phil, that's why I said the first three episodes, the pilot may not be enough. Same with Mike in Westworld. Same with Joe in Westworld, if we want to get down to it. If we're talking about Joe's interest in that show, it came because he got put off by the first episode initially and sometimes when the first episode of a show doesn't get you it's tough to tough to get past it I know my my cousin Craig if he doesn't make it through the first episode if he falls asleep while trying to watch something regardless of his mental state or how long of a day it's been if he falls asleep when he's watching it it's done he'll never be able to watch it again the show is like this Pavlovian dog response of of going uh, the Jacks walk. One of the one of the examples I'm thinking about is with Sons of Anarchy. The first time he ever tried to watch Sons of Anarchy, he passed out. So every time he tries to watch the first episode, he passes out. Dog, dog says, "Wait, wait, 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 Phil. Look, come, come here, come here. There's some other shows besides Game of Thrones. What the fuck? I didn't know. I don't. I don't want you talking about other shows. Today, we're not necessarily going to be talking about specific shows. We're going to be talking generalities. Breaking Bad, best show ever. It's hard to argue with that. Bernie the Burnt. For me, I would say Breaking Bad is is the best show, or my favorite show, and the best show. But it's close. If you asked me on the right day, some other shows might be able to sneak in there, but it's hard for me to imagine a better show from beginning to end, point for point, than Breaking Bad. I think I think certain shows necessarily have a chance. Game of Thrones is going to be an interesting conversational piece if it make if it sticks the landing. And I'm not talking about the George R. R. Martin uh, book series. We're talking about TV here. If Game of Thrones, from a television standpoint, sticks this TV ending in a way that Breaking Bad did. Because I think that's what separates Breaking Bad from some of the other shows that you go and you can talk about from greatest shows of all time. I mean, there's a there's a bunch that could be in that d discussion. Here, let me throw out a few just just easy tossing. The Sopranos, uh, may, maybe not your thing, or but was the foundation of one of the foundation points of this era of television. Character wise, it's hard to argue that The Sopranos created some of the greatest characters of all time. Breaking Bad discussion, one of the tightest narratives beginning to end, but also a loose feel that comes from the probably the best writer's room in all of television ever working together. A sense of unity, a sense of community, and a sense of awesome fucking conclusions and real stakes to what was going on. And also having a few of some of the greatest characters in television history. The Wire, one of the finest written shows in tight tightly wound shows maybe not the most satisfying conclusion and maybe not in my mind all of the most iconic characters but story-wise script-wise in engulfing into that environment wise amazing there's a lot of shows that could and i can keep going game of Th game of thrones bringing fantasy to a mainstream audience and truly for especially with those first few seasons dictating something from paper to screen in a way 
like no other. Huge cast, really making huge crazy decisions in the moment in television, shocking people in ways that has almost never been done in television before. And again, talking about, I'm trying to talk about it just as a television series, not to get into the minutia of the bullshit here. But there's so many other shows I could mention that people the ones that people think are the best shows. That's a handful of some of the ones that are in my discussions there. Cobra Kai d- never does die. It's it's hard to beat that. Game of Thrones Game of Thrones has the belt has the belt. I can't talk tonight. But Vikings is steadily closing the gap or maybe I just can't read tonight. What about Vikings? Vikings is great stuff. I wouldn't put Vikings in the conversation of greatest shows of all time, but I would put Vikings in the category of a excellent fucking television program that is always getting a little bit better by the production-wise. Story-wise, it sticks close to inspired by history and historical moments throughout there. Character-wise, develops a lot of really excellent characters, but unfortunately over time and through history, characters need to go, other characters need to come up. Vikings, I'll see how it concludes, but I don't think for me it would ever be in the discussion as one of my great, the greatest shows of all time, but if I was making a top, it would be, it's definitely one of the best shows on television right now. And it's definitely a excellent show that is deserves its credit for what it is. But I wouldn't put it in that upper echelon show of shows. And but, it, but it's a great fucking show. Great fucking show. Great fucking show, dude. Lost Battle, Battlestar Galactica. Lo- Babylon Five. I'm sure Joe would Joe would mention. Mm-mm-mm. But for me, it's hard to br- it's hard to break. Breaking Bad stranglehold on that point. The only argument I would make and someone like Matt would make about The Sopranos is the love of... But it's hard to say because it was a different era of television. When The Sopranos came out, it would be interesting what David Chase would do with the show right now with The Sopranos world and with with how television is. But it's crazy to think about that because The Sopranos is responsible for a lot of the ways television is right now. Ah, it's crazy! I can't say Game of Thrones is my favorite show. It's definitely one I'm obsessed over. You talking about the Real Housewives of Compton, Phil? Uh, the Real Housewives shows. I watch a lot of trashy television, and we're going to get to that. It's funny you mention that because we're going to talk about trashy television. I do have my trashy television that I watch. I have my shitty like, – I love shitty television. I love cheesy, over-the-top, or ridiculous television. I have a lot of examples of it. I have certain shows that I've just watched since the beginning, so I'm loyal to them. And I have other shows that I just like the cheese factor of them, so I need to watch it. You need to taste... You need to watch bad shit to know what the good shit is, and every time you have a different flavor for... Sometimes I want vending machine pizza chips. And sometimes I want a gourmet pizza. Both flavors and both tastes are all right sometimes. Mad Men. Mad Men's a good example. Not the most tremendously exciting show in the way that some other shows don't don't have a lot of those oh wow crazy moments. But from beginning to end, such a tight narrative on the story that they wanted to tell. One of the greatest period pieces maybe ever made. Boardwalk Empire is another great period piece. But Mad Men really establishes a foothold in that time period establishes excellent characters and but nothing too over the top there's some crazy moments that happen here and there but it's more a 
craziness of the times and seeing what what people are into. There's no supernatural forces or crazy stakes going on. I mean, there's a little staky kind of stuff going on towards the beginning of the series, and there's always real-life shit going on. But I think as a period piece and for the show it was trying to portray, Mad Men's probably one of the best at what it was trying to achieve. Like, this is the kind of show we want to make and actually fucking doing it. And that is a spinoff of The Sopranos Family. One of the writer-creators is the creator of that show. It's not my favorite show of all time, but it is so good at what the fuck it tries to do that it's not even fucking funny. And there's some excellent points in it, excellent moments with the guy, and just funny kind of moments that that you, I wasn't expecting before the first time I watched it. I expected a lot to be a little bit drier, but it's very funny too. It gets a little bit full of itself towards the end, but I... It's just that I think it loses a little bit about its joy, but that's part of the narrative that it's trying to tell at that point, how the business has changed uh, and through because ha- you carry through to through different de- through decades and stuff. So not my favorite show, but definitely I would accept someone saying that that was their favorite show of all time and one th- their opinion of the best. If that's the kind of show that you want, if that if that's the kind of thing you want. John, up. You want me to play a solo? I'll play a solo, Paul. If you want me to, or I won't play at all. Whatever your fucking highness wants, douchebag. Oh, Betty Draper for life. But I. But speaking of, I'm actually in the middle of a Mad Men rewatch right now for purposes. We got Hannibal O'Deal in the live motherfucking chat. Uh, Cardinal says, Mad Men, I tried, Phil. I really tried. After season five, I lost interest. It does get weird towards the end. I agree. But the beginning, there's some very funny shit that happens on it, just from a comical standpoint. It's maybe not everyone's type of show, but definitely worth seeing some clips from or seeing some moments from. It it does the period piece thing really well. Mm-mm-mm. Quantum Leap is amazing, Paul Q. I did do a Quantum Leap review on the channel a while back, so if you want to search around, you can probably find that. Quantum Leap is one of my favorites. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get to this list. This is in no, I guess I'll go backwards, but this is in no super particular order. It's not, I said top 10, but that's just for titling purposes. I'm an asshole. It's, it's 10. It's 10 in any order. I mean, I really should do it from number one down to 10 because number one's like the bigger ones. But, okay, I'm just going to go through. Okay. No, let's play me play me some music, Sam. Oh yes, here we go. Number one, number one top rule and tip for predicting television like a douchebag. You want to be a douchebag like Phil and Joe? Listen to this tip. You took the tip. You stick the tip. I love soap too. Great show. Billy Crystal was awesome on soap, Tim. Yes, it was. Good fucking show. Glow season two is really fucking good. Okay, here we go. Now, number <laughs> number one in this douchey list. 
<laughs> Number one on Phil's douchey list is coughing. If you see a character on a television show coughing, like... <coughs> this works for movies, too. You see one cough, okay? One fucking cough, dude. And I know some people are going to say, well, not every time. Okay, not every time. This means, shut the fuck up with that not every time thing. You guys know that this shit happens. A character coughs means they're going to get tuberculosis and die. They cough, it means you're dead. It's the simple rule. Simple rule in TV. You hear someone go, <laughs> they're fucking dead. The, pretty soon in the movie, in the third act, they're going to have some some incurable disease that, that causes them. Or they're smoking through the first half of the movie, and then they start the little cough, and then they're dead soon. And it happens in TV shows all the fucking time. Oh, what's wrong? What's that cough? Oh, it's nothing to worry about. Oh, the doctor's got to cough. Fucking coughs happen. Everyone coughs. Go to a fucking movie theater, hear me people cough. You think they're all going to fucking die? It's such a bullshit television thing that's just a big moment like, this character's going to die. Foreshadowing. It's lazy foreshadowing. Stupid. And that's the end point, uh, Bernie. It eventually leads to the, the, the secondary conclusion of that. Cough at first, cough at first, then cough into a bloody napkin. Oh, oh it's over. Death. MDK, murder, death, kill. Cough, coughing foreshadows the angel of death, as K. Rich says. It's true. It happens all the fucking time in these shows and in these movies. It's it's a surefire clue to a character dying or going to be sick in the third act. Done. <laughs> Done. Uh, no soup for you. No soup for you. Excuse me one second while I go let my cat in. And Sarah, the wonderful Sarah C, and thank you for Hannibal. This is uh, our own Hannibal O'Neill playing guitar and singing right there. Uh, Pink Floyd. Uh, Sarah C, Betty Draper is a perfect example. I don't know if that's what you meant, but Betty Draper did the cough and die thing. She coughed and ended up getting sick. Fucking A, it happens. And I know Walter White made it through. But Walter White's fucking Eisenberg. He's the one that knocks. But you... It happens a lot. I'm not going to point out all the examples of it. You know the examples of it. You've seen it. It's obvious. It's a clear point. It's happened in every. It's happened in Melrose Place. It's happened in Beverly Hills 90210. Any cheesy show that needs to create simple drama, you have the character. Wait, wait. Let me. I got. I want to. I want to prepare myself for this properly. You have the character. You have the character cough, and then you hear the music. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> tuberculosis dead and the character's dead done horrible hey marie great to see marie in the live motherfucking chat who is singing pink floyd again uh pink floyd right there that was hannibal o'neill who's in the live motherfucking chat right now is nice enough to send me some music that I get to play sometimes on the show. Hannibal is an awesome musician, kick-ass guitar player, and a great singer. So lots of love to Hannibal O'Neill in the live motherfucking chat. And I'll try to play some more of that when I go and get another beer. 
Okay, so let's move to our second one, which is another similar one. And this one is a super obvious one. And it happens all the time. And I know people are going to say, well, this happens, Phil. And I know it happens, Phil, but this happens even in movies and TV shows when you're not expecting it. Or, well, guess what? You're not expecting it. It's just an overdone thing. And I, and just because you're on this list doesn't mean you can't do this or it's not an accurate thing. Or, or cliches become cliches for a reason. So some of these things you got you have to do. I'm not saying fuck this thing. And then not all of these are things like this either. But whatever. These two are somewhat similar. The... <laughs> This one and some some uh, someone uh, just texted me. Yeah, yeah, this is the this is your texter uh, seven one eight. This is this is uh, this is similar to what you just said. The female, if a woman throws up on a show, she's pregnant. Anytime a girl throws up on a show, she's automatic. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. She doesn't know it. She might not have even had sex. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's 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 the coughing man made her pregnant. It happened. It was it was an immaculate com- contraception through a uh, GI Joe or something. But if a if a woman throws up on a TV show, she's pregnant. Or I'm feeling nauseous. I'm feeling sick. Running to the bathroom. Automatic sign. Quick sign. Every fucking time. Every fucking time. Phil should do live call-ins. We want to hear from Hannibal and BBM. Well, just Hannibal, actually. I do have some voicemail line right now if BBM and Hannibal want to leave some voicemails at 781-990-8509. Call on in and uh, leave a voicemail. Do it. Yes, yeah, Cersei pregnant confirmed. It automatically happens. The nauseous. I'm, I'm not. Cersei is a great example of it. Thank you in the live chat. It's another one where there's just way too many examples of it. It happens in everything. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'll be right back. Pregnant. I'm pregnant. It happens every fucking time. (laughs) And it's... uh, Anytime you see Tom Cruise in a movie, he's the shortest person. Did you know that? (laughs) Did you know that Tom Cruise is really four foot one? Oh, I'll kill Monger. That fucking sucks. Phantom pregnancy. Cersei is trying to divert the prophecy again. The prophecy will come true. Cersei cannot fight it. Cannot fight fate. Mm-hmm. So next on the list, because that those two are pretty obvious. Next on the list, I, I talked about this one a lot. I make reference to this on the show. And I think this is a real thing. And I think we need to have a discussion here. Let's let's get let's get out the let's get out the real music here. Let's get out the real. Let's just see if this works. In real life, that's the way it goes. I know, believe me. Okay, so it's and that's what I'm saying. Not all these things are wrong. Maybe television gets it right, but I think in some cases television overdoes it with that. With the uh with uh not the morning sickness thing, because I know morning sickness is real, just as the warning signs that someone is pregnant as a shock to the system. It's used as a TV device. I know, like I said, cliches are cliches for a reason. It definitely comes from somewhere. Uh, let's see. Donald is great for uh, short actors. He won't allow anyone over six foot. He was tall and Carello. There was my rule says every possible prediction. That, uh. <laughs> King McKay's rule is say every possible prediction, then uh, say you were joking about the other ones and only say you. I like King McKay's uh, picks right there. Okay, so number three on my list is a real one again. 
And uh, let's, let's push this. Hey, King McKay. It's great to see the wonderful King McKay in the live chat. Everyone, give me a... Give, it, give this guy a drink. Hey, give me a drink. You're King of God, right? Woohoo! Love that, guys. Lots of love to King McKay. Okay, so number three is TV Stockholm Syndrome is real. I've mentioned this one a lot. And I think what I'm talking about here, just to explain, is when a TV show has you trapped. I'm specifically talking about when there's a bad casting. Someone gets cast as a character, and you think, that's a shitty character. I fucking hate this character. He's horrible, he's horrible, he's horrible. But you love the show. So you're trapped into watching the show till you eventually just give in and say, you know, you know, I'm trapped by this show. This show might suck now. And, and this is also an example. The Walking Dead is a great example of this. This is the best example of this. The Walking Dead sucks, okay? It's reached a point of no return of patheticness. But I like actors on it. I like certain characters on it. Because of that, because of watching it so long, I'm stuck. You start to like the shame. You start to like, you get used to the things around you. And then you just deal with it. You're like, why am I still watching this show at the end? You're just like, I'm continuously doing this. I can't stop it. And then I start to like it. And then Dario doesn't seem quite that bad. He's all right. He's an all right guy. Come on over here. Come on over here, Euron. You're not bad. You're you're, you're all right now. I'm, I'm used to you. You're better this season. I don't mind you. You're okay. Okay. No, they're never okay. You just get used to it. You get Stockholm Syndrome. You're held hostage by these shows that you love. So it, then it gets to the point where they can do anything to you. And you're like, oh, this show's all right. This show's not too bad. This guy's all right. I'm used to it. TV Stockholm Syndrome is fucking real. Could voice acting be considered with this one? Very. Yeah. So much Stockholm Syndrome show intelligence. You just become so trapped by these shows. That uh, Felicia says that's what happened to me with Once Upon a Time in Shield. I know a lot of people. I've never watched this show, but I've heard Carmine talk about this with True Blood. That, uh, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this with True Blood. They get trapped by the show early on, and then they get Stockholm syndrome. They they can't walk away. They're like, I love this show, but I hate it. I hate it. Lost did this to so many fucking people. Oh my God, Dario still stinks. We want more Dorn. Dorn's not that bad. Oh, the Sand Snakes, that second time we saw them, they're not too bad. They're all right in them. Mama, oh, Mama, yo, Mama, yo, Mama, see, they're, they're all right. I didn't mind them too much. They're, they're all right. Eh, they're okay. Mm. Jimmy Fallon's not that bad. He's, he, he's getting better. He's better. You know, he's, he's okay at his job. He's fine. He does really funny bits. His bits are great. He got, he's got great people. He's, he's, he's an all right interviewer. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm hating on Jimmy Fallon. I, I don't mean that. Sorry. Sorry, Jimmy Fallon fans. But, but Co I'm team, team Conan. Conan got fucked. Conan got fucked. Oh, sorry. But anyways, Sons of Anarchy, good show. Uh, Why did you say the L world? I'm sorry for saying the L world. It's bad. I won't say it. Set. When Sailor Moon first premiered in the U.S., there was one voice actor for Serena in the first two seasons. Then later seasons changed the voice actor. It ruined it for me. Okay, so <laughs> says TV Stockholm syndrome is fucking real. Bernie the Burnt says, "Wow, did True Blood shit the better? What? I've never seen such a terrible TV show, let alone a finale." <laughs> Finn Jones in anything. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah, yeah, great example. And I'm sorry, Luke Cage season two people that have watched that season, people that people that say, oh, you know, spoiler alert, minor spoiler alert for Luke Cage season two, minor. So who gives a shit? Iron Fist shows up, and I've heard people and and people whose opinions I respect, who I think you start to get the TV star. Oh, Iron Fist wasn't too bad this season. He was, he was all right. That was like that was like, he totally he totally was you know he's better. He was, he was pretty good. Yeah, he wasn't bad. That's me talking about Iron Fist and the Defenders. But I'm overcoming my Stockholm syndrome. I've overcome it. Yeah, he's okay. He's all right. He's he's okay. No, he's not too bad. Fucking A. <laughs> so a couple of these ones are very similar. Okay. So uh, so maybe I might double up on some things. And like I said, this is a loose list. So go easy on me here. Go easy on me here. Here. Go easy on me here. So the next one, TV Stockholm Syndrome is real. So is TV show fatigue. It gets to a point with certain shows that a show can't win, even when a show gets good again. If a show goes, there are some television programs that go through ups and downs. The, 24 is a good example of that, the original 24. 24 started off, if it's the type of show you want to watch, as an action kind of show, really good at the beginning. Then it had some shit, shit seasons. I would argue that later on, like way down the road, some of the later, later seasons, it got Good, decent again for a season, then we get shit again. Decent again for a season. Decent for a quarter of a season, whatever. But at a certain point in time, people just have TV show fatigue. Even if they liked a show or liked what a certain program did, they're just past it and they can't get into it again. It becomes sad sometimes when networks keep trying to bring back the same properties and reboot them and show them again over and over again because they're like oh we captured lightning in a bottle here once so we have to take this property like 24 because we captured it one at one point in time and people were into it and keep redoing it keep redoing it again and again and again tv show fatigue is really very true you can just get to a point where something is entertaining for a little while and then it just runs its course and it's not entertaining again and it will never be entertaining again in that way sorry there that's why certain things are popular in certain times certain trends that's why you have that best of the 80s best of the 90s shows certain things are good enough to transcend over time not everything is that doesn't make something shit sometimes fatigue sometimes shows just run their course and the fatigue is different in everybody hey mark good to see you I like 24, but it did get formulaic. Yeah, and I liked it too, but it did get repetition because Mark's in here just made me think about that. Uh, think about this. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Mark is as well. The way the way Berman and Braga ran the next generation era of Star Trek, as much as I love Deep Space Nine, and I know there are some huge Voyager fans, and then enter and then there's Enterprise. They caused television show fatigue for people for Star Trek and almost in irreparably <laughs> irreparably <laughs> unrepairably I can't talk tonight and only now is people being open to it with shows like uh, the Orville and whatever the hell uh, the openness people have for discovery 
But television show fatigue is real, and sometimes it can just be caused by overdoing it. That's what I love about Breaking Bad. Again, going back to why I think Breaking Bad is one of the best shows of all time. It didn't go too long. Sometimes shows that should go seven seasons should end up going 10. Some shows like The Walking Dead should have gone five seasons or six seasons and be done and then be over with it and then maybe come up with sequels or prequel series, whatever. Breaking Bad went exactly as long as it should go. Not enough time for TV show fatigue. Bum, bum, bum. So, I like only the original Star Trek films with William Shatner. That was the cheesiest. What do you mean, Laura? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Star Wars, even worse than Kimmel. The Shield's the best cop show ever. Shield, great fucking show. Killmonger. I have vampire fatigue. Used to love vampires. And similar to TV Stockholm Syndrome, but a little different, our number five here. TV Stockholm Syndrome at number three is more like you're trapped by a show and you don't realize it. You start defending it for yourself. Number five is Tunnel TV Show Vision. That means uh, that means you are so locked into what you see going on on the show. You're unaware of how other people may view the show. Okay, so this just means that sometimes don't always think that other people watching the show are as crazy into it as you are. This goes for something that I watch a lot of shows that I'm obsessive with and I get crazy into it. Pick things apart. Know every character's name. Know all this kind of shit. Not everyone you watch TV with, I can always talk to about that. I get like tunnel vision on this is what's happening, blah, 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 and you cannot see outside your own tunnel vision from the television show. This is a weak one because I realize it's very similar to TV Stockholm Syndrome, but it's sim- it's very similar and a little bit different. <laughs> it's very similar and a little bit different. Tunnel show vision. It just means a show can suck, but you love it anyways. And you think it's awesome, but it's not. But you got tunnel vision for it. So I guess it's a little different. You defend the show and it's shitty. Like, I'm trying to give an example of something like that for me. I love Beverly Hills 90210. I'll defend it. Great fucking soap opera. That Dylan story arc when he loses his money, fucking golden. Great shit. (laughs) I get tunnel vision for it. Here we go. Breaking Bad is gold. Remember the show Grimm and End Up to Six Seasons? I did see that. Danger Will Robinson. I heard that opinion of Breaking Bad was the only show that ended where it should on a high note. Not sure if he agrees. Spock. Spock, you're out of your Vulcan mind. <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Tom says you just described most of the shows I like. Here we go. Oh, we're gonna talk about Saved by the Bell in a second here. Let me let me sip this drink. <clears throat> you know, number five goes more with sports than TV shows, says Misty. Misty, that's an excellent point. The, the the tunnel vision of sports teams and the way people will go to points to defend their sports teams and the loyalties that they have for those shows, those blind loyalties. Some people have them for TV shows, too, and I I see them. The Walking Dead apologists stick out. I think that was what, when Joe and I were writing this list, I think that's what we were talking about with that. Like, people that are still sticking around, and and it's a little different than Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) It's a very similar and a little different. Hashtag Phil Logic. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I scared people into how into madman I was. Tunnel vision for sure. Your comment to finishing a show after it starts to go down here caused caused the defense also. So number six is more of a personal one or more of a personal one to each person. Now, you were talking about Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell is a great example of something on this list. Everyone has a different point on the stupid to entertaining graph. So there's a graph between you watching something stupid, like it's so stupid, but it has to be like this much entertaining to be this stupid. And everyone has a different point on that graph where they're off of it. Where there they go, uh, dance moms, I'm done. Too stupid for me. Too fucking ridiculous. No fucking way. But I watch Survivor every night that on uh, opening night every uh, on premiere night every year like I can't miss an episode of Survivor Survivor fits into my stupid versus entertaining uh, scale here but Saved by the Bell does too but for some reason Boy versus World doesn't and I know people like Boy versus World's a better show than Saved by the Bell Phil but that's not the point my point is it's different for everybody everyone has their shitty point that this is as shitty as I'll go. You know, I won't watch this, but I'll watch this. And it's different, and you should, in a sense, understand that everyone has their own shitty shit television shows. Paul Q says, I watch fucking Teen Moms. Oh, Larry Bird. I wanted to watch that Larry Bird versus uh, talking to Kevin McGill thing. Yeah, I didn't pay for it, Laura. It just hits me with something. Guilty Pleasures with Phil the Issues guy. Guilty Pleasure shows. What other Guilty Pleasure shows did I used to watch? Uh, there was that show Naked Dating on VH1. I used to watch Surreal Life. I love that whole Surreal Life era. with the, And then Flavor of Love and, and Rock of Love and fucking uh, the Peter Brady and that television show. Like, cheesy reality show type stuff i can i can go down a rabbit hole with some of that fucking horrible crap i can reach points but like intervention and shows that uh people are trying to fix themselves or have like a horrible bad habit that's when i jump off the line. i'm like no i don't want to see some i don't want to take some downer drugs I don't want to take a drug to make me feel shitty or make me feel better that there's someone out there crazier than me because there's no one crazier than me I, I have an affinity for shitty, cheesy television programs. No fucking doubt. <laughs> I do not. I don't watch that. Brooks says I watch keeping. I That's where I jump off the, cra the crazy, stupid, uh, the stupid entertainment perp uh, at the at the keeping with the Cardassians. I've never watched an episode of that. What happened to. Uh, Phil, what happened to Rob Sestranino and Alex Kidwell? I don't know. What happened to them? Did they have a falling out of some sorts? Lots of love to uh, to Rahap. Uh, <laughs> where the hell was I when these shows came out? Though they were the 80s. Real chance of love. Yeah, the rock bus. The Brett Michaels rock of love show. That was horrible. But horribly awesome. Surreal life was amazing. I, th I think Surreal Life was one of my favorite reality shows of all times. It reminded me of, like, a real life drawn together, <laughs> which is another fucking horrible show. I, I guess I have a lot of bad television. I could go down the list. I could do a whole podcast on, on. Uh, I don't want to talk about myself in this way, but I guess I'll have to in this context. Phil's, <laughs> Phil, who likes to talk about himself, like, hey, not this Phil guy, but uh, all my bad television shows that I watch.
Um, I sometimes watch those Ameri- an IC Fury. Great to see you in the live chat. I did get your message. I was going to message you back, but I figured, fuck it. I'm just going live, but <laughs> great to get your message and lots of love to IC Fury, one of our patron supporters and cannot say enough thanks to all of our patrons that support us every month and try to give you guys a little extra content every month to you guys for all the love that you show us and also to all of our super chat donators. You guys are the fucking best as well. Surreal Rife was definitely a guilty pleasure. Phil, you need to do a review of the Ozarks. I did see the Ozarks season one. I'd have to rewatch it to do a proper review, but I definitely enjoyed it. It was a little off-putting at times to see Jason Bateman do real acting, but he was very good in it, and the show definitely kicked ass. And hopefully when season two comes out, maybe I'll do a review of season one and season two. I watched Survivor New Zealand because a friend of mine was on it. Uh, what'd you think, Mark? Uh, could, did you get into it by the end or were you just like, uh, could, or could you not wait till he was eliminated so you could, uh, till his, uh, fire was snuffed and you could turn it off. Dog whisper is the same time. No, you are the best, Laura. Hell's Kitchen. Okay. Hell's Kitchen. It's fucking raw, Hannibal. It's fucking raw. Your comments fucking raw, Hannibal. I watch all the, all the Gordon Ramsay shows. Those are kind of guilty pleasures of mine i like watching gordon ramsay swear and curse at people it's fun especially the especially the early british versions of of uh uh uk versions of kitchen nightmares when he's basically calling everyone cunt you're fucking cunt you fucking bloody cunt fuck 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 (laughs) do do, do you want me to shove my hand up your fucking ass you fucking bloody fucking cunt he gets crazy. And if you watch it sometimes on BBC that it's not censored, it's great. I ended up watching the whole season even after he got eliminated because I was caught up and I hated myself for it afterwards. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are fucking awesome in the live chat. Thank you so much. Okay. Don't you know how you're fucking, you're fucking, you're, this risotto is fucking cold. Look at this. Stick your finger in it. Sorry, I can't do a fucking I can't do a I can't do a Gordon Ramsay accent. You fucking idiot. You piece of shit. <laughs> and I like when people swear back. It's like, which which you fucking sewer mouth piece of shit, you're gonna curse back at me? You fucking asshole. <laughs> and that's one of those things that I I should get TV show fatigue from it, but I guess I get Stockholm syndrome a little bit because I could just in tunnel vision as well, because I could just never see enough of that. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. Everyone has a different point on the stupid entertainment thing. Number seven. People can say this isn't always true, Phil, but I think this one's true a lot. Two folks meet each other on a show, and they hate each other, and they argue. You know, they bicker a little bit back and forth. They're going to be fucking or hooking up by the end of the episode or the season. Or maybe long-term, maybe it's the long-term he said, she said thing. People aren't over-moonlighting. They aren't over-moonlighting. I want to call this moonlighting ruined everything rule. But two folks meet and hate each other, they'll hook up. You argue, hey, you, you're a fucking stupid bully. Um, um, well, you're an ignorant asshole. Well, I fucking hate you. Well, I can't fucking stand you. Well, you're dumb. Well, you smell. Well, I fucking hate you. Well, I fucking hate you. Uh, well, I love you. No, I fucking hate you. What the fuck? What the fuck? I'm scrolling down for some music. Where we go? I hate you. 
I love you. Oh, oh, yeah, I love you too. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah, isn't it great? Oh, yeah, touch me right there. Oh, baby, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, shit. I fucking fucked up my microphone. Oh, my goodness. It happens all the fucking time. There's something where, uh, are you as turned on as I am? And he goes and grabs and kisses somebody and, and they say, no, I'm not. You're a fucking asshole. There's some show or something that makes fun of that. And I'm blanking on what it is right now. But that happens way too much, okay? I get that that happens sometimes in life. But a lot of times when I meet somebody that I hate, we just hate each other. It's not, it, we're, we're not, it's not a lot of sexual tension there in all situations. Maybe once or twice in my life I've had that kind of event where I meet someone and you go back and forth and it eventually leads to something fun. But usually when I meet somebody and hate them and talk to them back and forth, it's there's nothing there. It's because they're arrogant or they're a douche or they're a prick or they're a fuckhead or I'm an asshole or I'm hard to get along with or I'm talking too much and they're giving me attitude so I give them attitude back. It's there's no sexual tension there. You know, I like it's fun to role play some hate fucking, but it's not fun to fuck someone you hate. Wait. If that makes sense. It I mean that's why that's why I'm just going to go into my hit song called Nunfuck. Oh, all I mean is it's when you, the it's the most fun when, whether it be someone you're dating and having a fun time on a one-night stand with or whatever, someone you actually like and are into to set up role plays for hateful kind of situations <laughs> rather than actually fucking hate someone. I fucking hate you, slap. I fucking hate you, too. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to fuck. No, no, it doesn't work. At least it hasn't worked for me. It ends up just a lot of pain. There's just a lot of pain there. It's no safe words. It's just violent. No, I don't want that. Maybe you want that. I'm sorry, but but I don't like it on television. It just happens all the fucking time. No, you just have a toxic relationship. Stop it. It's not great. Let's not get these people together in the end. Fuck you. They're toxic. Separate them. Oh, God. Let's go. Worf and Esri had that one fight. I uh, had that one night stand. Dubs and then she moved. Like, okay. Judzier and Worf are a good example of when they could fight and make it actually work. That they had some pro. You know, they'd fight and get into it. And even that is stretching it. So I, I hate that fucking shit. You're right, Phil. Usually I meet someone, I hate them, and there's no sexual tension. Just hate. And that hate sex is good i thought of another great example like make up sex after a big argument with someone that you're involved with and granted and again i'm not saying i'm not like a relationship like i just gotta be a relationship no you can have fun one night stands and fun hookups and stuff where you set up role play moments or you get into like a real aggressive kind of moment that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about you meet someone publicly and you have that immediate i don't like this person for me, anyways, very rarely is that masking some weird sexual tension that I have for this person. Usually it's, I think they're an asshole or a douchebag or something. It's not because, whoa, I secretly want to bang this person. No, if I want to bang somebody, I can be frustrated with someone that I feel that way and be like, oh, fucking, <laughs> like I can feel that way. And that's great. That's an awesome feeling. Hate fucking someone said the live show. That, that's a good feeling. Like when you're pissed off at someone but you're still attracted to them and you like get into it that's fucking cool but that's not what i'm talking about here i'm talking about that television thing where it's like oh i hate you i hate you too we're gonna be fucking soon so it's going into relationship advice bernie 
It's going where every issues program goes to where yeah, this conversation is boldly going where no, where most of my live streams go before. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Anyways, so, so yeah, I'm sick of that on television shows. Okay, number eight. Let's see. Uh, wait, do I need to get another beer? I think I might need to get another beer. Let's let's play a little bit of Hannibal. To uh, bridge the gap of me going into the other room. I'll be right back. Okay, everybody. Thank you. Welcome back. Uh, yes. Sorry, I was getting a little hot and bothered there for a second. I need to get another drink. <laughs> Sorry, turned to Fifty Shades of Phil there for a second. But all I all I'm saying with number seven is two folks meet and hate each other. They hook up. It happens in television a lot. It's a good predictable sign. So let's go and and lots of thanks to Hannibal O'Neill again for that song. We've got a few more here. What do we got? Three more. And I will, uh, let's get into these last three. Now, this is more of just a statement of, of just, of what, come on, give me a break here. Unpredictable, an unpredictable show, just being edgy for edgy's sake is just as bad as a show being boring. Story is key. A show being good, it's the same as music. I don't care what style of music you're playing. Do that style of music fucking justice. And just because a show is unpredictable and all over the place doesn't make it good. And unfortunately, a lot of shows trade good writing for shocking moments because they think that is actually good. It's not. It's fucking bullshit. And it's breaking your own rules and shows sometimes just to set up uncomfortable moments. I'm looking at you again, The Walking Dead. Unpredictable doesn't mean good. It doesn't it doesn't create proper drama. Just killing random characters because we can't think of anything else to do, so I guess what we do is kill people. It, that's not being entertaining. That's not being creative it's just being 
it's just being just as boring as a show if you do nothing it's basically just as uninspiring it's it's like if you're playing a drum solo constantly and constantly just go with no beat there's nothing to it it's stupid so uh at misty have a good night it was great to talk to you but this it happens all the time in shows and i I, again i'm not giving specific examples because i don't think these things need specific examples because of how often they actually happen in shows and it seems like this is a big tenant of modern television that everything's trying to be Twin Peaks and you can't be Twin Peaks and you're not Twin Peaks because only crazy crazy fucks can write that shit well and pull it off genuinely. And to me, that's the thing about a show. I don't care how you make it. I don't care how you make the donuts. If if it's a big catastrophe behind the scenes, I don't believe... Whether I, I've been in a lot of plays and shit, and where where there's some directors where everyone has to get together and hug before the show and hold hands and do some shit and meditate together and connect emotionally. And I've been ones where directors are out there like my angry football coach telling people to go fuck themselves before the show. And you know what? I've been good shows both ways because both things can work. Say it. Was trying to watch the new HBO show called Shop Objects, but after tonight, it really sucked. The only thing I liked was the girl liked Led Zeppelin. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're fucking A. So, unpredictable does not always mean good. Being edgy for edgy's sake is just as bad as being fucking boring. Mm-mm-mm. I don't care how the donuts are made. <laughs> Ew. I forget what I said. What did I say that was you? <laughs> I I trust you. I, I say some pretty disgusting things. But I I virtually don't remember what ha- comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I don't uh, virtually I don't remember virtually anything that comes out of my mouth. So we got two more here and <laughs> Are there any Angela What's interesting here is some of these this might come off as negative I like some of these tropes. I I mean, some of these are about about liking about things that I'm just I notice or help me kind of watch and tips for myself watching television. But do I like certain tropes? Yes, but I think there's certain times where things can go too far, and I think a good example of that is whether it's a trope or a device. I don't know what do you want to call it. It seems like. Since the Arkham Arkham game, Ar- I won't say which Arkham game, but no, fuck it. Spoiler alert for Arkham City. The the ghost Joker thing, like when si- the enemy killing their bad guy and then seeing a ghost version of that character. I'm not going to say what shows do it, but a lot of shows are doing that device thing. And I liked it at first, but it's starting to get to that point. So I think the things with it, it needs to be done just enough. But everything reached the point where you get to that breaking point that, as I mentioned, everyone has that different point where they jump off the graph. And I think I like a lot of them up until a certain certain point. And hugging and bonding stuff. <laughs> Phil loves Negan yet throws shade at him on one stream. Hey, I never said I loved him. I never said I loved him. <laughs> 
I just, I get Stockholm Syndrome with him. He's the best example of TV Stockholm. He, yeah, I am watching the show, and he's not, he's better this season. He's, he's not that bad. I don't mind uh, tropey, like, character, television characters talking very loud, like, thinking out loud, monologuing, or soliloquying. I don't mind that because it's television and we can't be inside someone's head. And I don't necessarily like voiceover inside someone's head. I think that comes off as cheesy. I'd rather someone monologue. I don't think you're being negative, just critical. I was just wondering which ones you really liked. I, I mean, I think I... I like a lot of these things. I like the television show fatigue. I like having Stockholm Syndrome with a TV show. I like a show grabbing me enough to make me want to do that. I love pointing out tropes, and I love seeing those friendly points. It's like driving through a neighborhood sometimes with a show. Like, oh, okay, this is going to happen on this show. I love it. And I think what be makes a great show is shows when you love their, their ebb and flow. And I think all the best shows have those tropey things that they do individual amongst them and you either feel it or you don't within the show let's see one of my favorite shows is strike back on cinemax show is amazing okay so let's get through these last two here now i want to call this ninth rule or thing whatever whatever these things are <laughs> i want to call this number nine Every problem on a badly written show can be solved with a simple talk. We all we could call this the CW rule. And what I mean by the CW rule is every one of those fucking CW superhero shows or stupid Gossip Girl drama. Like, I like Gossip Girl. I'm, I'm sorry to badmouth Gossip Girl. I just more mean the super superhero shows. How they create drama is character A has something that happens and character B can't know. So character C finds out and then character A and C talk to each other and go, Barry and Cisco go, Caitlin can't find out about this. Caitlin, if Caitlin finds out about this, the shits goes bad. And then it's a secret that lasts all season until finally Caitlin finds out and everything's all right. Because it's not a fucking big deal and wouldn't have been a big deal if they just fucking talked. And this happens all the fucking time. It happens in movies too, but I think it happens more in badly written television shows on the CW. And and it doesn't happen on every CW show. It happens on I meant I'm when I said Gossip Girl, I meant the Carrie Diaries. Like shows that are poorly written teen dramas or poorly written television shows, this is a go-to. I can't tell character A this simple thing that if I just told him it wouldn't be a problem. But we have to hold this secret all season like a like a stupid piece of fucking dumb drama that just holds it over someone's head. Ultimately, some shows don't know how to hold those things out long enough. There's certain things that are awesome secrets that are held on shows that eventually when they come through, ruin the show. And I, this isn't another rule. This is just the other side of it. When something gets built up in a show and it's so built up that once that thing happens, the show just basically goes downhill, like Niles and Daphne getting together or Angela and Tony getting together. It's like certain things get built up to a certain point, and then once it happens, it's like, eh, I don't care about it anymore. But every problem on a badly written show can be solved with a simple conversation. Done. Fucking done. What, Phil? You didn't like the originals? <laughs> a good UK show with a voiceover in a head was the Peep Show. They pulled it off. I like the ob 
I like I like the obvious for showing it because it makes people feel smart when I'm right. I like when a character tries to explain something important, but all the other characters won't let him. On my favorite show is oh, Strike Back and Send Max. I don't think I've ever liked to see W show like ever. House's plot was the only pl- pilot. I, House's pilot was the only pilot I liked before Game of Thrones. Phil hasn't watched so Supernatural, so I can't throw shade. No, I'm not throwing shade. Maybe my shade, I should be more specific, is about Arrow, Flash, Legends, and Supergirl, and The Carrie Diaries, and most of the other CW shows that I've watched. I cannot speak for Supernatural. And So I think almost every show, writ- every problem written on one of these shows is usually a simple conversation that needs to be made. And finally, number 10 on this list, there's more to come later, but... Number 10 on this list. Let's finish. Finish weekly here. If, say it's a a television season starts, right? It's a new season of, say, The Flash or Arrow. And a new bad guy shows up, right? You know, a new bad guy shows up and commits a murder or a bad crime. And if at the very same time, a new good guy character is introduced. The new district attorney. The new this character. The new that character. Guess who the fucking killer is every fucking time. Just play with us a little bit and make it not that new character. But it is. It's always that fucking new character. Every single fucking time it's always that new character. It's so fucking predictable. And that's one that annoys me. It's, oh, where did this new character show up? Oh, wow. These new crimes are happening. Could it possibly be this person? Hmm. Only time will tell. <laughs> so that's our top 10 here today. Let me go through it one more time. Coughing means you're sick and going to die. Female. Uh, uh, female. Again with the female. A woman needs to throw up. She's pregnant. TV Stockholm Syndrome is real. So is TV show Fatigue and TV show Tunnel Vision. Uh, Number six, everyone has a different point on the stupid to entertaining graph. Number seven, two folks meet and hate each other. They will ultimately hook up. Number eight, unpredictable does not mean good. Just being edgy for edgy's sake is just as bad as being boring. Number nine, every problem on badly written TV shows can be solved with a simple talk. The CW rule. And number 10, if a show starts a season with a murderer or a new bad guy, at the same time introduces a new character, that person is the bad guy or the killer. Or it's the new character's sibling or parent. Yeah, exactly. Or if there's a, thank you, Sintovia, great point. Or if someone's looking for their parent or their long-lost parent or something, it's absolutely their mother or their father or their long-lost uncle or their uh, that actually ends up being their father that donated sperm to their sister Sally's uh, fund for in people that want sperm. I don't know where I was going with that, but I went somewhere. <laughs> I had a conclusion, Satovia, but you're a- absolutely true. <laughs> so there's a reason I don't watch TV. Now, if anybody in the live chat right now thinks I missed some, thinks, listen, Phil, you missed some good ones, throw it in the live motherfucking chat. Or if you watch this whole live stream later, make sure you jump in the comment section. Let me know you watched this far. And let me know what you think of my top 10 list. And give me some of your own top 10 lists or add to them so maybe I can do another one of these later. 
Let's go. We Oh, I notice we have a voicemail. Let's scroll over here. And if anyone wants to get a voicemail in, now's the time at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. You can call and leave a voicemail or you can leave a text in if for some reason I did not get to your comment in the live motherfucking chat and I'm an asshole and I didn't do it. You're like, Phil, you're a fucking, you're a fucking douchebag. And also, why don't you guys throw in the live chat some of your guilty pleasure shows. <laughs> some of the shows that you watched that fit on that stupid, stupid graph. <laughs> on my stupid graph. Phil, you have it. Phil, Phil, you got a stupid graph. I know I do. The two main characters falling in love trope is usually annoying. Close to number nine, but I hate when the show wraps up in the last three minutes. That happens a lot in our situational dramas that need to follow up in an hour Oh, need to finish in an hour. I hate that as well. That's what I like about long-form serialized television better than episodic for dramas. I don't mind episodic in sitcoms because that device doesn't bother me as much in sitcoms, but it bothers me in dramas because it takes me out of the re- any possible reality in the situation. So uh, let's listen to, uh, listen to this message so I can do some hippie activities. Hey, man, what's up? Uh I'm saying, hey, thanks for playing my shit tonight. And um, I, I, I know you're a good dude. And uh, keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, all the friends in the motherfucking chat, hey, you guys keep on doing what you're doing. I mean, I, I have nothing else to say. But um, but thank you. All right. Nice. Awesome. Awesome message from Hannibal O'Neill. As always, thank you for calling in, buddy. You are fucking amazing. A good show can sometimes get too complicated, says I See Fury. See Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan is one of those shows that I've heard good things about, but I haven't heard much about in the last couple of years. Is it a show worth watching? I I See Fury asked, or I'm asking I See Fury, is a show worth starting? And you asked, I believe, in a message about Black Sails. I haven't watched Black Sails yet, but. Timo, the wonderful Timo, who uh, is one of our great patron supporters and classic live motherfucking chatters and uh, just the best. It's one of her favorite shows. And I know people that like the shows, like that show, love it. And they love how it concluded. Oh, in the house is the wonderful Bloody Talker. Great to see the Bloody Talker in the live chat. Also an amazing dude. I am still here. Yep, I'm still rocking and rolling for a little bit. Sort of towards the tail end of all of this, but... So if anyone was watching this for the top 10 rules and tips for predicting television, I already did the list. Rewind this. Rewind it like it's a VCR. You can tell what era I'm from. Push the rewind. Be kind and rewind. I never liked doing that back in my day, but I, I do think it's very funny that I that I lived in a time. And this is uh, I very rarely do these old man moments. 
back in my day. Or you just live in the time where you used to get fined money that I actually paid for not rewinding cassette uh, VHS cassette tapes before returning them to the uh, <laughs> to the video store. That was actually a real thing that that I uh, that I worked. I was waiting tables and I paid money that I made waiting tables. $2, I think it was, a fee, and I can't believe that actually happened. But it, in fact, did actually happen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, guilty pleasure for me would be those sappy British dramas like Call Me the Midwife or the Dunton Ibi. <laughs> Rules and tips, don't fall down, you gump. Don't fall. <laughs> it started out great, but most seasons got goofy. I remember pay payphones. Be kind. Rewind. I, I saw there's a one convenience store that I go to to get my uh, sandwich papers, my blunts, uh, that still has a payphone. That uh, that's it. Always strikes me as weird. Like whenever I look at it, I'm like, weird. <laughs> uh, Laura says, "Sorry, not sorry. I love Downtown Abbey. <laughs> Abbey. Be kind. Rewind. Yep. <laughs> oh wow, the the VHS emoji. I've never seen that one before. Great. That's fucking awesome." <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I guess I should talk about this. So, okay, that's our list. Kind of free form now. Anyone has any random comments or questions or something like that in the live chat for us? Or ever long I'm on here, take any comments or questions, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> recess, recess. My, my stupid, my stupid. Hey, should I do more class, kids? Hey, gu hey guys, uh, should I go, go into another top 10 lesson plan? <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Should I, uh... Should I, I wish I had cheering. I, I wish I had the kids cheering and booing, like, right there, right next to each other. But I don't. I suck. I suck. Should I, should I go to some freeform? Yes, okay, freeform. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think I've ever heard anyone call it a sandwich before. I like that. <laughs> I can't lie. I stole it from How I Met Your Mother. They, that, they refer to it that on that television show, so... I, uh, I can't take credit for it. Otherwise, I would. It was just an early adoption early on in the show. But uh, I guess I should talk about this. It was, it, it's uh, worth mentioning. So a uh, couple days ago, I forget what fucking day it was. What, what was it? Saturday? Uh, Brooks in the live chat, I think. And I don't know if anyone else that is a member of our Discord group is there. And if you're not a member of the Discord group, you can find the link to join the Discord. Discord. It's kind of like a Discord, but mispronounced. <laughs> In the description box below. It's basically like the live motherfucking chat uh, 24 hours a day. We're in your ear and you can pop on in and talk and share silliness that way. If you want to pop on in there, again, it's in the description box below. But uh, anyways, so... Uh, couple days ago it all started on one of my vikings videos from season three i get a comment that is i'm paraphrasing because i i've uh i <laughs> i forget exactly what it said but it was something along the lines of fuck you die you'll get yours <laughs> so i smiled I, I put a little smiley face and said oh i love you too uh hugs and kisses you know uh, eat a bat, eat eat a eat a giant pile of ball. No, I was like, you know, hu hugs and kisses. It killed him with kindness, and I uh, was done with it. So the next day, I get a little email from YouTube that says 
Uh, congra congratulations! You have earned yourself a three. Oh, wait, 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 wait. If I'm going to do this, I got to do this right. Fill, fill the issues, guy. Congratulations! You have earned yourself a three-month streaming suspension. That's right, Phil. You not only have you earned yourself a three-month streaming suspension, you've earned a community strike. Yes, a community strike for spam, shim-shamming, horn-swoggling, tomfoolery, skullduggery, whole bunch of shit. Oh, yes. Oh. So, I get the email that... I get the email that my channel has gotten a community strike for one of my Vikings videos. And the same video that had the comment from the person that said, fuck you, you're going to die, and <laughs> you're going to pay. So, so this is me paying. I guess this is how I was going to pay. My channel is going to get my uh, strike, strike down. I will strike down with great power and furious anger on your fucking channel, asshole. I don't usually talk about this YouTube shit, but whatever. It's kind of funny. So, uh, because of how it concluded, it's kind of funny. And anyways, so he, he did that shit and I, my channel was taken down. So I kind of was like, uh, what's going on here? And, and I, it pissed me off or I was, I was pretty upset for a few minutes there. I'm like, ah, you f this fucking sucks. And I jumped in the discord group. was like, I won't be streaming for three months. I made a second channel. Like that was, uh, really quickly that so I could stream if I wanted to and then I could upload it to the other channel or something like that and I uh, put out a post and I was cr I was crying all day long <laughs> but I decided to appeal it I peeled it and I want to say it was in my appeal you the, the appeal process is stupid you click appeal and they give you like this limited space to write why your video should be appealed. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to write? And I wrote, listen, dudes, exclamation mark, two more exclamation marks, dudes, <laughs> dudes, if this, vi why was this video taken down for a community strike? If this video, it makes no sense. It's the same as all the other content on my channel. If you took down this video, you need to take down my whole channel. So please either reinstate this video or take down my old channel. Bye. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And I honestly was not expecting to get a, get a reply, get anything happening other than, other than the channel being getting the three month no streaming thing, which essentially... Let's get down to this. That's the fucking douche, the douchebag nature of this thing. They can take away, you can take away my uploading. I could give two flying fuck burgers. I should upload more videos, like actually upload a video, you know, actually record a video, edit it and upload it, you know, like normal, normal people do on YouTube. I could actually do that, but you know, I don't never do that. So a, like a, Single strike is supposed to be like, okay, you can't stream for three months, but you can still upload videos. What the fuck? We're going to book them out. But for me, where all I do is this silly nonsense, it would basically be like I couldn't do shit for three months. But whatever. So I'm like, I'm like assholes. 
delete it all or shut the fuck up here or, or get some fucking business done. So to my surprise, and I don't know, I'd have to look at the timestamps. I want to say it was within two hours. Within two hours, I get an email back from YouTube support that says, we've, uh, we, we've uh, reviewed your video again. And we've declared that it doesn't break community standards. And uh, we've removed the, removed the strike and re-uploaded the video. Thank you. Okay, first off, I know you're not watching because you, you don't watch when you say you do. Because in the very first email I got, and I, I'm not bitching about this stuff, whatever, worked out my way, yay me, whatever. I, I give sexual favors to YouTube support so they help me out. They help me out before. It's like the third time that I've actually gotten help and responses from YouTube support, which is pretty fucking ridiculous. But whatever. I'm not complaining. But the very first email that they sent me said, we've taken this... This, uh, this cop, someone, someone has accused you of a community strike and we've watched your video and declared that they're right. And we've taken down your video. Bull fucking shit. You never watched it the first time. Somehow your little computer thingamahoochie triggered some zoobity doo that said this person was right. And then once a human watched it for two fucking seconds, you said, this video sucks. It's just some loser fucking hippie bitching at a camera saying things like side butthole bloody talker two dollar super chat side butthole lots of love to the side butthole <laughs> let me spin the fucking wheel so ultimately they didn't they ultimately just ended up watching it later on and once a human watched it for two seconds they said this video might suck but it doesn't break community guidelines so let's reinstate the shit so, for whatever it's worth, I'm not pissed off about it. It's just a thing that almost happened. I, I was, it was, like, close. There was like, it was a tense hour and a half there. <laughs> where, our, where you almost got a video from me saying, Hi, everybody. This is Filthy Issues Guy. I am going on vacation. Fuck all of y'all. <laughs> Something to that effect. But, Bloody Talker, what'd you get? It landed on take a shot. It says both take a shot. Not everybody can. I don't have a co-host and I don't have shots right now. I have strong beer. So I'm going to take a very big sip of strong beer for you. Bloody talker. Thank you so much for the super chat donation. Thank you to all of our donators and all of our friends that helped the show grow. Mm -mm -mm. Oh my goodness. Let's scroll the fuck down. It was very fun. I'm liking this, Phil. Bitch more about stuff. You want me to bitch more about stuff? You want me to get into bitchy mood? <laughs> bitchy, complainy asshole, Phil? You want to see the real Phil? The Phil that all my folks have to see? Hey, DJ Better. Great to see you. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to make that video. Walking David, great to see you. Uh, David, I'm t sort of towards the back the back, uh, the back back nine right now, or the last, the, the final couple of holes here, so... Uh, <laughs> We'll definitely make a date for some time soon. I wish I uh, wish you saw you uh, in the chat earlier, but I'm sort of in the uh, the wrapping up stages. Excuse me. Yeah, they strike it. They strike thinking it's the first strike that they just automatically held up whatever bullshit got got claimed, thinking oh it's just the first strike. It will wear off in three months. He's probably not going to reply. So I replied with some simple logic, with a Vulcan logic problem, <laughs> and they were like, F fascinating, 
This stupid hippie makes a point. <laughs> no, great to see you, David. Understandable. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Bitch more? What the fuck you want me to bitch more about, fucking assholes? <laughs> fucking went to a party the other day and everyone's with their fuck it. No. It doesn't take much for me to start bitching and moaning. It really doesn't. It's, it's, people think, think I'm happy all the time. I'm a fucking complainer. I'm angry. I'm an angry asshole. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the never spill wine glasses that are out now? Never spill? I, I, I bet I could spill those motherfuckers. What, what do you mean never spill? Are they like a topsy-turvy cup? Do they, it, do they have gravity that keeps them in the fucking hole? Fuck that. Um, someone might, might have hit report by accident, Paul Q. I tend to think it's somewhat of a coincidence, uh, maybe more of a coincidence that I got a mess, a comment from someone that said, uh, fuck you, die, you're going to pay the day before that happened on the same video. So my supposition would be that it would be the same person that did it, but it's possible that it's not the same person. The only reason I would think is because there's not many people watching a Vikings video review from two from a season ago. From uh, it isn't even this past season. It was from uh, the season before, season three. But whatever. I'd like to invite everyone that has a bottle right now to raise their toast. Raise their toast, everyone. If you ever drink right now, drink it. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Someone's telling me that I can't, can't, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't you, uh, I'm Clancy Jones. If, if someone tells me I can't do something like spill, like I can't do something klutzy, totally challenge accepted. Oh yes. Oh yes, Laura. I am asshole. Yeah. Someone was triggered over a Vikings video was triggered over uh, me and Joe bitching about Vikings. What I assume is that they were trying to find the episode and they don't internet well. So they were looking for the an episode link on YouTube and speculated that my video was in fact the episode, excuse me, the episode and was angry to find out that it was not in fact the episode. It was just two <clears throat> somewhat dumb hippies talking about <laughs> talking about Vikings and giving their opinions or actually one dumb hippie and Joe. Uh, because Joe's always right. But so I think that's what pissed them off. So I just think they inter they internet really bad. I'm too John Locke. I'm not Jack enough. Or are you talking about the uh, the philosopher John Locke? Yo, I just made myself. A Ooh, root beer floats are fucking delicious, Bernie. There's nothing fucking. Oh, I love them. I haven't had one in forever. That's a that's actually a good thought. I do have some root beer. I I don't have any vanilla ice cream. I'd have to make a chocolate ice cream root beer float. I don't know how that would work. I don't know if I've ever made one of those. But I might do that after the show. Very, very possible. It might be delicious. Uh, they must have hated my Norse mythology facts. <laughs> God damn it, that reminds me, uh, I watched the first half of the season Vikings and stopped. Don't judge me. Fuck 
I think Coke and vanilla ice cream. I th- mm. Mm. That actually sounds like it would be delicious too. Coke and vanilla ice cream. Root beer gives me the gas. Wow. Gas can be funny. <laughs> the the toots have their moment. Miss Better. Mm. I need to drink. Yeah. So I and that's the thing. I've I'm drinking too much. Let me just drink more beer and pretend it's ice cream. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. I do have an ice I guess I could make ice cream. No, I'm not making ice cream at fucking I've, I, I spent all day cleaning today. I was cleaning the kitchen and shit. And and trust me, if I tried to make ice cream right now, it would just be a big fucking disaster. But do you know what I really need? I really need a few seconds of music to be able to eat this sandwich. So kick into some music. Okay, feel it. That's my engineer, Bob. Hey, everybody, this is Bob. Bob, why don't you play some music? Okay, feel it. Bob, you have a really stupid accent. I know. Hi, I'm Phil's co-host, Mickey. Not Mickey Mouse. No, just Mickey. Well, good, you dummy. Ha-ha, Phil's a dummy. No, you're a dummy. Ha! <laughs> no one likes your stupid laugh. Leave it alone. Play some music so you can do some maybe activities. Just like the Federation Cardinal. Great scene. One of the best scenes in all of Deep Space Nine. My two favorite characters, Garrick and Quark. I love how the end of that. You think the Federation's going to save us? I hope so. Phil, on your old radio show, did you used to do interviews on those old hotlines and shit? Yes, I did get call-ins, not as often as I would want, but I did get some call-ins. I used to play music sometimes, and I did some quote-unquote real interviews through school projects and stuff because in my final for my practicum, I did it as a sort of uh, pre-podcast thing where I was doing these interviews, and my teacher had me... Uh, who was a musician, like a classical musician, had me interview a couple of classical musicians and shit like that. So uh, I used to do some some uh, actual radio stuff. Whoops, I didn't know I hit that button. Okay, so I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I saw this porn too. It's uh, it's about weird, weird Al and Link walk into a bar. Hey, what's up, Link? You don't talk much, do you? <laughs> let's go back. Let's Come on, let's hang out. <laughs> so, anyways, everybody, what have we learned tonight? We learned that uh, people want me to bitch about things more. Of course, uh, I'll happily get angry and shout about things more and 
and not hold in my frustration. It, it, it'll, it'll be beautiful. <laughs> uh, why can't you play some Rush? You remind me of Getty Lee. Oh, I love Rush. Great fucking band. Great, great sick band. Uh, ma- so amazing that they're a three-piece. Neil Peart, one of the best drummers. Mm-mm-mm. Great fucking shit. Uh, see those... <laughs> Those are the tops I collect are collectible. Some uh, Cinemax scissoring action going, Peter Peter Griffith. Listen, what Weird Al and Link do on their own time is their fucking business. It's our fucking business, motherfucking chat. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start to wrap things up. And I got to thank everyone that joined me for this live stream. I know sometimes when we talk about things that aren't necessarily television or specific show oriented, it always means the most to me, the people that pop on into these videos and these live streams, because it's a little bit more uh, just me having fun, hanging out with you guys for the night and getting silly and less serious about we got to talk about the show. And that's my impression of the voice inside my head. I'm not, I'm, that's, I'm not, uh, there's no one like talking to me, telling me I don't, I don't have any boss. I don't make anything real for this show. You know, I'm lucky to have the super chat donators and the patrons that help us out. But it's like, so I don't have like, I don't have some bottom line that's like, oh, no, fail. Got to stick to topic. It's, I'm, that's the voice inside my head that's like, oh, you're, well, you're talking about the episode. You got to kind of stick to topic. I don't fucking know. That, that's, that's what goes on inside of my fucking stupid head. It's just it's constantly. You gotta do this. Well, f- well, Phil, you should really do this. Well, Phil, you should really do this. Ah, ah. Angela, it's fun. The first live stream you've actually caught on time, Angel. I said I think I've said Angela twice. I can't read tonight, or or any night, Angel, which is uh, which is an even better name, Angel. <laughs> Uh, you're the only you, you. You're the only one voice inside your head, Phil. No, no, no. I have many voices inside my head. There, it's it's nonstop when it's going down there. It's it's it's. Hello, Phil. I am the voice of the darkness. And then you get the ha oh, ha. Hi, Phil. Oh, how are you? You know, the, I be very happy all the time, buddy. Ooh. And then there's this guy. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hyper Phil. Huh. But you guys, that that's a different show altogether. I'm not quite drunk enough yet to get to get there. I got I got a, I got a little bit more beer here to to deal with before then. But no, it's been really fun getting to talk to you guys. And I, as I said, I really do appreciate you guys checking out these different sort of silly streams. Not necessarily about you know a Game of Thrones thing or or a different other topic. <laughs> I'm, he's an X-Men with many personalities, Professor X's son. Oh, DJ. Thank you so much for the great stream. Always lively. Good night. Have a good one. Max Hedrum. Oh, have, Pepsi perfect? <laughs> he sounded like Snoke and Kylo Ren had a baby. <laughs> That's only three fills. But there's also this guy. Um, oh, wait. I already did that guy. We, hey, hello, everybody. I am Phil. I'm angry. I'm very, very angry. I get angry when I run. And then there's... There's more that come out when I'm drunk. Do you have an Alex Alex Jones voice? 
screw up the troll. Dr- I I can't do that. De- I don't have that kind of deep tone completely. I'll, I'll I'll work on it. So far, four fills. I think there's four fills. I think this. Um, Phil, what about me? I'm very shy and very quiet. No one really likes you. And the more you talk about this, people are turning it off because they think you're stupid. Stupid Phil. Stupid Phil. Stupid motherfucking cocksucker. Stupid motherfucker. Listen, dude. No one's asking your advice. You know, we don't want to. You're the guy that comes out in the late night of tripping, you know, towards the down half of the trip. No, no one wants to talk to you. Yeah, but you know I'm the smartest and I'm the strongest. I can overcome anything. Oh, Phil, um, you should listen to me. I'm all happy. Oh, look, look, hi, Phil. Don't forget me, you're clumsy idiot. Don't listen to that guy upstairs. He's just full of doom and gloom. What about me? I'm the dirty Uncle Ketchup Couch. I like the dirty stuff. <laughs> I don't even want to talk to that guy. He's he's scary. So there's more. I can keep going, but no one wants to hear all this. No one. I can. I see Phil. They're all leaving. No, stop it. There's. There, it's, it's, uh, this is, yeah, that this stream has come to a, a frightening conclusion where, uh, now instead of making super chat donations, they're going to be making donations to the local hospital to come pick me up. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, hey, Phil. Uh, let's see. I actually have a question. Do you think Rick will be killed off in The Walking Dead? I'm hearing rumors both ways. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something to try to to try to keep him alive, but keep him just disappearing, like going on walkabout or something. <laughs> Maybe killing Judith. I don't know if the boss will do that. But if I'm guessing, I would say that he was going to die. Yeah, he's gonna die. I think he's gonna die. If I'm if I'm betting right now, Rick's dead. They're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill this motherfucker. The bloody talker. <laughs> the Alex Jones was Peter Griffin. Hey, Phil. No, all about Phil. Phil. People still watch The Walking Dead. Yeah, unfortunately, some of us do. Oh, no. Mr. Phil. <laughs> Mr. Phil's losing it. Uh, this is going to be his audition video for his next Disney film. Hey, if anyone's out there that needs any voice acting, I can I can pull something off. Just that little voice. They're coming to take Phil away. Serious question. Have you ever danced? Have you ever ever danced with the devil by the uh, pale moonlight? (laughs) Sorry, that was horrible. That was horrible. I'm no walking David. But uh, I have, actually. I have. It's uh, it was on mushrooms, so I don't want to. uh, It could have been anything, but I did imagine it. (laughs) They're coming to take me away. They're coming to take me away. They're coming to take me. They're coming to take me. They're coming to take me away. No. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, shit. They're coming. They're coming. Ah,
I make it? Did I get away? I'm sorry. I apologize if you got a little, uh, like, I, fe I felt like my pants were a little low at the beginning there in the back. So you guys might have got a little bit more for your money. So I apologize. Oh, my goodness. So hopefully I scared them away. I don't want, I don't want anyone coming to get me. Oh, God. If, yeah, push F to get me to the insane asylum. Push A to send me straight to the sharks with laser beams. <laughs> and uh, mm, hit O to send me some oxygen. So did you get some plumber action? Yeah, I thought, Peter. I thought you did. I thought you got, did you get the plumber butt? I apologize for that. You did. You did. Yeah. Sorry. I felt, I felt the crack coming. I, I stopped. I don't know if you guys saw. I stopped. It paused and pulled up, but it was too late. The crack had already broken wind. The crack had cracked open. I know everyone has the crack. That, that, therefore, the video has to be taken down. It was nudity. Nudity. Flag it. There's a fucking nudity. You did lots of crack. Yeah. Was it like was it like incredible amounts of disgusting crack or was it like a tiny crack? Give me on a 10 being the worst crack it possibly could be. Give me a 10 for the really bad crack. One for, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's a little crack, you know, not, 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 nothing to worry about. Like, is it enough crack that that my voice upstairs is like I should take this video down because of the crack? <laughs> or is it or is it like just, you know, just a little crack? So be honest here. Ten, ten on the well, what, what's the crack level here? Is it is it full on plumber or is it, you know, excitable young man? Tiny crack, tiny crack. I was born like that, DJ. You know, it's, you don't have to be insulting about my tiny, my tiny crack. No, it was small. Two on the crack level. Okay, we got three crabs. One, two. Okay, so so it wasn't like it wasn't like full, full Barry the plumber. It wasn't like okay, okay. I, I can deal with a two or a three on the on the uh, three side buttholes. Okay, not bad, not bad, not bad. Okay, I can deal with that. That's fine. I I, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to give you uh <laughs> I, I, I needed to I need to get the I needed to get our crack or the, the crack Richter scale here. Is, is this a thing? We, am I creating another thing here? The <laughs> We need to know what the ranking system of the crack the crack a thing is. Icy Fury, have a great night. I am. No hairy asshole inside. Okay, so we're nowhere near hairy asshole territory. We were just like top crack. Okay, and I, 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 I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I mean, just the, the, the pathway to the canyon. We weren't really in the mountains yet, right? We, were, we were, we were just, we were just like looking in the, in the canyon, right there. We could just see the can. Oh, hey, there's the mountains. I see the mountains. Okay, it's not too bad. Fine, uh, fine. That's accept except so it's an acceptable amount of crack to not be completely disgusting, and my awareness of it probably makes it a little bit better too. If I was completely avoiding the crack issue, it would make it like if I was like, it's like oh, wasn't that awesome? It was a great dance. Wasn't that great? It's great. It's great. I'm so, I'm so that was so much fun. And and you guys are writing the crack, and I'm like, yeah, I'm smoking crack. That's right, I was smoking crack because I was jumping around. Yeah, and I was just ignoring the whole issue. 
So awareness makes everything a little bit better. <laughs> need a new ass. Yours has a crack in it. Thank you. I knew I need to repair it. I need to get the I need to call the ass the ass repairman. Where's the phone book? I gotta, I gotta, where's the phone book? Yeah, honey, you got, you can you get the phone book out and call the ass repair man? Okay, Philip, Philip, what's that under? Is it under proctology or is it under ass repair? No, 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 not the proctologist, not the proctologist, Sylvia. The 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 the, the ass repair man. I need the repair man to fix my ass. Okay, Philip. We'll get the ass repair man on it. I got him. His name is Brian the the Jacobson. He's he works out of an office out of out of uh Revere. You know, he's he'll bring you a pizza with his repairs. Yeah. We're gonna hire him. Okay, that's not very funny, but it's it's kind of disgusting and specific. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, the we gotta call the ass man Phil McCracken. Uh, gotta so, so we got I got a new nickname. Or it's fu funny enough in the uh, the shit buddies video and uh, I'll, I pub my shit buddies video if you haven't watched it. I refer to myself as Phil McCracken. So mm -mm. <clears throat> I finally I finally uh, I finally made that prophecy come true. It's like the Maggie the frog ass uh, prophecy, you know. It, it happened there. People always focus on the Valenquire or, or they focus on, you know, some of those other aspects, but they don't is the, uh, the fill the issues guy ass prophecy. And you know what? This is way better than the fact that time there was a booger on my face for three quarters of a podcast where I just had a giant fucking Snuggie hanging out my nose and you assholes didn't tell me. So, so I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Oh, I'm done. It's, it's long since gone. You guys are, again, I mention this a lot when it's just by myself and I go on these shows when there's not much action. This is very close to an approximation of what the old radio show is like, minus me actually saying fucking shit instead of saying, golly, and gee, and fuckity d and zebadoobity-d, and like the early podcasts. This is basically what I do, just be like babbling. Since it wasn't an audience, and I'd just be reading stupid news stories and telling stupid stories of my everyday life like what it was like to go get a colonoscopy and shit like today today i went and got a colonoscopy you guys want to hear how awesome it was it's like oh yeah i wonder why i had no listeners in the podcast like now now it might be fun to go back and listen to it that you've heard me talk about something you're actually interested in but you know when you turn it on for the first time and it's some voice you've never heard before talking about and then they laid me down on the bed oh baby yeah it was fun and I asked, where's my drink? And the doctor laughed. I don't like making a doctor laugh. I like it better when the doctor is stoic to my jokes. You know, when I when I can make the doctor laugh, it really makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm thinking that maybe like later on while he's working on me, he might giggle. When I was going in for my uh, kidney cancer surgery, uh, th there was a doctor that was uh, that was putting in my IV and I was really scared. I was really high strung. You know, you go in there at like six in the morning, you check in, they bring you in the office. It's like, you're going into surgery. We're going to remove this tumor. Everybody do that every day. I'm always like, ah, I'm fucking scared. And I'm like all jumpy because I'm me. And now I'm like jumpy in bed. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Oh, is this is actually going to happen. Oh, fuck. Get this fucking shit out of my body. Ah. 
So this doctor comes in and I'm super fucking nervous and they're trying to put my IV in and like they're sticking it in. They're having trouble get finding my veins. Finally, they finally find it and stuff. And this other doctor comes in and he's wearing this V-neck shirt. Sorry, people. I don't want to disgust you here. I, 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 this is where I show how Austin Powers like I am. I'm a very hairy individual and he comes in and this dude is like, 10 times hairier than I am. And for some reason, I'm inspired to jump out of my seat on the hospital bed, rip my IV out of my arm that took this other doctor, this other, this other doctor or nurse practitioner, like 50 minutes to try to get in, ripped it out of my hand to go touch the guy's chest and go, you're very hairy. I feel good getting worked on by a hairy doctor. To which the room died laughing and I felt a little uncomfortable about that because I'm like, they're going to be joking about this later. I don't know. I wanted them to just be st- – I didn't know. There's a lot of mixed emotions in that moment right there. But it did happen, and then, then they were like, you need to hold still. Let's stop with the jokes. This is a serious matter, young man. And I was like, I'm, re- I'm ready for the surgery now. Get the cats out of me. But it was a scary day. But it was a f- – that's a true story. But ultimately, the – the point of bringing all that up is this is what the old issues program was. So you guys know me. You've heard me talk about television. You're generally probably, if you're watching at this two, almost two-hour point of this podcast or listening, you've, you're probably either hate listening at this point, which I definitely respect. If you're hate listening to me for an hour and 46 minutes at this point, like, fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Like, all power to you. But if you're, like, watching this because you know me, you can deal with it. this shit at this point. But this is what the old issues program was. I just talk about my daily fucking life and and all the silly madness that happens to me on a daily basis, and which continues to this day. Like, just telling you about my daily life could, could fucking... I, for some reason, I keep thinking about a goat being blown... I don't know why talking about my life is like blowing a goat. I, I don't know why that kept popping in my mind, but that's the kind of shit I think about. No, thank you for the stream. I, and I know I'm, I'm certain Phil high strung. I can't imagine this for real. No, for real story. Uh, not meaning to go down the dark road, but yes, uh, in 2015, I had, uh, I, yeah, in August of 2015, I had kidney cancer surgery. Uh, man, it cracks me up just to remember. Uh, no one said it. Just keep dancing. There was no sound. Oh, remember? I remember that podcast. I started dancing to when there was absolutely no fucking music. I'm heading to bed. DJ, have a good night. <laughs> Is the top patron reward a full review? I could talk to Stephanie about that for money. I'm sure she'd give it up for me. She'd be all right. She'd be like, yeah, you can give up anything you want if you're, if they're paying. <laughs> Super. No, thank you, broke. Someone's thinking about Tom Brady. Do you have hair on your back too, Phil? I'm a hairy motherfucker. Uh, It's sparse there. Not as much. I'm not gorilla monsoon both sides sort of thing. Uh, Much more relegated to the front. But but there is a little. (laughs) There's definitely a little. (laughs) Not too much, though. Phil, you need to get more if you want to pull a goat. It's constant. I thought I thought I thought this drive would diminish as I got older. Nope. I just keep getting more twisted. No, good night all. Good night all of you guys. I've learned today that Phil has a fetish for hairy men. 
I think uh, can't deny it. I do. I, I, I have a kinship with them. I'm like, come here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that look? So when you wear a necklace, is it painful to take it off? It's hairy sometimes. Um, it's definitely. I definitely got caught up in this. I'd say it's more painful uh, to take a necklace off because of my hair, because of my actual hair. When I try to like take it off my head, it always gets caught in my fucking hair. And my, I'd say this hair is more of a pain in the ass than any of my other hair on my body. <laughs> what does this stream devolve to? I did go to Grill Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> the, the irresistible force meets the immovable object, Bobby the Brain. I'd rather watch the old Daily Issues program than watch another pointless Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or any other YouTube Breaking Bad Q&A type video I see on YouTube on a daily basis, asshole. So you'd rather watch something like this, Tom. You'd rather watch me just babbling, having a few drinks, and telling fucking war stories. Hmm. I'll tell you what. I'll do more of this shit. <laughs> I mean, this is a good example. I always say I'm going to do more of this shit, but this was an example where tonight Joe and I were going to do something, and I almost thought about canceling because Joe wasn't going to do it, but I'm here. I'm babbling. I'm talking. When I'm by myself, I'm almost to the point now where I can't stay on topic. I'm so wanting to just talk and talk and talk. So you guys are going to have to be the beneficiary of this fucking bullshit. Especially where I'm going to be doing uh, some other stuff. So when I come out here, I'm just going to want to make this as silly and organically nonsensical as possible. So what have we learned tonight? I'm crazy. <laughs> I do have a touch of multiple personality disorder. Maybe a little borderline. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a few other things. But whatever. We also learned that uh, I like hairy men, and when I'm in dangerous situations in the hospital, I try to make the doctors around me feel comfortable and funny so that they work better on me. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. We learned that uh, 10 rules and tips for predicting television way back at some point in this podcast. We learned that Tom wants me to stop sh talking about fucking television shows and just start talking about my fucking stupid life. We also learned that uh, Mike is on the search for some PCP. So if you, anyone has any, uh, Mike, Mike in the live chat, you know, uh, send messages to him. Um, <laughs> what else did we learn? We learned that uh, Felicia and I uh, would make a very clumsy couple. That the two of us, if we were together, would probably uh, be uh, actively trying to uh, breaking and would cause the destruction of society because of our clumsiness. So it's probably a good thing that our forces never meet. <laughs> oh, Tom. I'll work on it, buddy. I'll work on it. Maybe I should do a GoFundMe for that. <laughs> so just give me a heads up before the Big Lebowski video. A couple of things about the Big Lebowski video. Um, I will be doing something on the Big Lebowski. I was supposed to do something on another podcast or another channel with the Big Lebowski. Some nonsensical stuff happened, which was unfortunate. So I have to do something about it on my channel. Glenn fucking Carter. Holy shit. Super chat donation. Here we go. Uh, 
He says, uh, sing the different strokes theme song. Uh, I do know it, but I need a, I need a, uh, what's, what's, everybody's got a special kind of story. Everybody's found a way to shine. I don't know, not a lot, not a lot. Oh, don't know something, mind. When I tell you about, we got the different strokes. We got different strokes. We got different strokes through the world. Everybody got a different kind of story. Everybody got a way to shine. Never knew what I got. Not a lot. No, no. Oh, something, 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 something. You don't know. With a daddy we got, we got different strokes, we got different strokes through the world. Sorry, that was awful. I apologize for destroying the theme. But you got me off key. I didn't have any karaoke music or anything like that. They can't all be great songs. I'm not, I'm not a dedicated, I'm not the best singer in the world. I can just get the job done. But no, thank you so much for that Super Chat donation. You also landed on Ocarina Solo. Uh, so I need to honor that for your super chat donation. So let me play this, play this music again. So thank you so much for that super chat donation. Holy shit. Cannot say enough how much every super chat donation, every little dollar helps. So Glenn Carter, hopefully I didn't destroy that theme song too bad for you. We got Bram the Builder. Builds it all. Bram the Builder and the wall. Bram the Builder. But sorry, Glenn, if I totally destroyed the song. I hope, hopefully I did a slight justice. Scammer, you're supposed to sing the theme and do the ocarina solo at the same time. What the fuck's your problem? You call yourself a musician. I also need to say that I am finally in another music project full-time. Uh, my cousin Craig and I are doing a two-man band, which is very interesting. We're both splitting drum duties, and he's playing guitar as well. I said duty. And I'm the uh, vocalist of the project as well, so... As soon as I have any music to share with you guys about that project, I will definitely share it. Mm -mm. I don't know if this is our final name, but the working title of the project right now is Sarcasmo. So uh, that's what we're working on with what we're working with right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a two-piece band where, uh, yeah, a little bit more laid back than some of my heavier, rockier bands, but I still think it's going to be some some fun stuff, and I'll make sure to share that with you guys uh, when we're ready. And we might do a live show <clears throat> from the studio here, live on the channel at some point, depending on how good we can get the audio of that. But uh, you guys might be our guinea pigs for some of the songs. So uh, sorry to you. Dun, dun. Check out two gallons. Uh, it's a great two piece. Definitely send me an email. I got issues man at gmail.com gek uh, because I'll never remember this, but uh, definitely want to check that out. 
Sarcasmo, good band name. Okay, cool. Uh, we haven't really told many people, but that's our uh, that's the we through the band naming session that was our uh, favorite that we all came up with. That the three of that that all, that all of us did. Uh, all two of us. <laughs> and we've got uh, we got like five songs so far. We'll be doing a couple couple of cover tunes as well. Yeah, Sarcasmo. I will. Uh, I do. Uh, I definitely appreciate appreciate that fucking support, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you motherfuckers. Maybe in twenty forty, Sarcasmo will be on Jeopardy. You never can tell when shit like that happens. As I'm as I'm like distracting myself for time. What's funny you say that, Sarcasmo, this is the first hit song from uh, Sarcasmo right here, right now. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> but uh, I guess I, I so don't want to go. I, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go yet. Maybe, okay, no, 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 no. Shut the fucking music off. You're not going yet. You have this much beer left. And you know what always happens? I end the show before I finish my beer. And then once I end the show, I feel like I'm alone. And I feel like I can't drink alone. (laughs) I know it's awful. But I feel like once the show ends, the drinking kind of stops. So uh, let 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 me play one song while I... Let me play one more song while I finish drinking. And... Let me play one more song while I finish drinking. That that's great. That's great, Phil. Um, now uh, this is a song from my uh, my Yash band. For a few seconds here. Okay, that's enough of that. Finished my drink. <laughs> I guess I finished it quicker. No, I'm not. I'm indecisive with the name thing. The last band we were in, uh, I was in the band with the same guy. We had like seven or eight different names. The new podcast that uh, Tony Grayary and I are doing, we're, we're recording our first episode tomorrow, I believe. Um, we came up with like seven different, seven thousand different names before we finally came up with the name we wanted to go with. Uh, so naming stuff is difficult and it it's it's one of those things that once you do it and once you settle on a name you immediately have namers remorse where you're like oh maybe it's a better name can come around later and it's tough to rename something after the fact <clears throat> I just I have trouble doing it I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking alone it's just I personally have trouble doing it like once the show ends I'm like yeah am I gonna really to finish this beer no I'm not gonna Finish it. Finish it up. No, there's one more big sip. Oh yes, there is. Sunshine. Yeah, the more names the better, especially in that like first immediate immediate kind of uh burst. And then ultimately, until you really put a song out anywhere. You can change your name a thousand fucking times. It doesn't really matter until people start associating a song with the band name. That's when things start getting confusing. When it's like when it's probably important that you don't change your band name. 
So, I mean, because who really cares if you're just a band writing songs in your garage? Keep renaming it a thousand fucking times. Excuse me. Whoa. Wow. Woo. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so everybody, this is what I'm going to sound like when I'm <clears throat> 60 or 70 doing podcasts. Could you, would you still listen to me if I talked like this all the time and didn't have a voice? I bet you wouldn't. You'd be like, I can't deal with this guy. Or would you just eventually get podcast Stockholm Syndrome and decide that that's actually my voice now. I mean, it's really, it'd be really a crazy thing. I often talk, ask Stephanie that. If, if I suddenly talked like this all the time, hi, this is Phil from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. You should learn to talk like this because this is how broadcasters talk. If I talk like that all the time, would you not talk to me anymore? Bloody Talker only drinks before he jacks off. That way he lasts longer. <laughs> Drinking on live chats is fun. It's my favorite place to drink right now. Don't get me wrong, Phil. I'm glad I can't drink alone anymore. Um, I'm. It's one of those things that I'm afraid if I start enjoying drinking alone because because I like drinking so much. I like being drunk alone, but I don't like drinking alone. But I guess I'm drinking alone. I, I don't consider this drinking alone because I'm drinking with all of you guys, but whatever. <laughs> Call it filling pals. So, uh, I really don't want to. I don't want to do it, but yeah, I guess I got to do it. Everybody, if she definitely would leave me, <laughs> so would you guys. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, all my other fun things I like to do. Revolve me jumping around going crazy as long as I can sit in a chair and talk I can probably do this until I can stop breathing which is the goal I don't care if I last till next week or 50 100 years from now as long as I can talk I'm gonna podcast or radio broadcast or do whatever I can so you guys have to deal with me for a long time I mean, if someone offered me a job tomorrow on a radio show, I fucking do that. But I say fuck everybody. I'm looking for, I'm looking for DJs. Hey, everybody, I can get paid to talk. <laughs> but I'd still be talking. And I'd still be doing this. Oh, my goodness. Everyone, thank you so much for checking into me. Checking into me? What am I, a hockey player? What are you? Are you wearing hockey pads? If you haven't already, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share the channel with a friend. Think about becoming a patron. Jump on in. Thank you to our Super Chat donators for all those fucking support. Thank you so much. I will be, uh, whoa, I might be on on some other channels this week, but we'll have to see about that. I don't know when the next time I'll be on. 
this channel, but I'll be trying to get on at least next Sunday. But if not before that, so for some other madness, some other silliness, some other nonsense, who knows? Holy shit. Oh, yes, this week, Matt and I will be doing a Soprano podcast, I think, on Tuesday. So check out that. We need, do I need another run? I think I need another run of that music. Play the music again, guy. One more time. But, yes. So, Matt and I will be on doing a Sopranos podcast this week. I don't know which episodes, but we will be finishing off season two. We're getting very, very fucking close. So, it'll be a live watch. We'll be in the room with the mirror, watching television, getting a little buzzy with Big Daddy Matt. Maybe David and I will try to do something this week. I might be on another channel again, as I said. And I think I'm recording the first episode of Dire Wolf City with Tony and Gray tomorrow afternoon. Or tomorrow evening. Whole bunch of fun shit happening. Please call in in 781-990-850-925 a day, seven days a week. As I mentioned, you can become one of our patrons. And uh, you can also help us out many different ways. You can find, excuse me, the description box below. Join the Discord. Keep the discussion going. Follow us. Uh, find us on Facebook. We got a group and we got a fan page. Also, follow me on Twitter at I Got Issues Man. Follow Joe at at Dirty Locks. And also check out Dirty Issues for some gaming stuff for Tucka, who's always up to some hard work. I don't know. Did I do enough shilling? Enough shilling for one night? I think so. I love all you guys so much. You have no clue how much this this means to me getting out to babble to you guys and be silly and crazy. Thank you for dealing with my kookiness. <laughs> well, I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.